Hello, everyone out there. Hello, Jake. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Brandon. How are you? Uh, you know, it's been a week. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that um, that sounds interesting. <laughs> it's, it's been a week. My my routine is off, and we all know how I get when my routine's off. Hello to all of our listeners out there. Hello, hello. Um, being as this is now a podcast as well, Brandon, I think we should probably introduce ourselves. Well, I think I agree. I mean, that's the big thing for this week. And, uh, you know, my name's Brandon Morehouse, and this is my co-host. Jake Flukiger. How's it going, everyone? Is that how you pronounce your last name? That is not how I've been pronouncing it in my head. <laughs> well, the things that are in your head can be a little scary. So, you know, I'm not surprised. A little scary? I mean, there's always that saying where it's like, walk a mile in my, in my shoes. I'm like, no, spend 20 minutes in my head and you'll be completely terrified for the rest of your life, right? Which is, you know, just, it's fine, right? <laughs> I mean, it's my normal, so whatever. <laughs> Every, everybody else can just get on board, right? Yeah, either get on or get off. I don't give a shit. Like, move on. Yes. <laughs> so, hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of The Writer's Block. We will be discussing tropes. Ooh, so exciting. Ooh, so exciting. I've been looking forward to this one for a little bit. Um, but first, as always, I have to hit Jake with the topic that he knows nothing about. And before I go any further, I just want to remind everybody, those sirens are not coming for me, if you can hear it in the background. Yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't do it. I hit the body, right? All right. Um, as always, this is an open mic conversation. If you want to throw in your two cents or however much you have, please feel free to join in. Just tap that mic button on the bottom of your screen, and we will accept you. But again, first, Jake, let's get this out of the way. Let's let's catch you off guard. <laughs> I, I, I'm ready. I'm are ready. you? Are you really ready? No, I I'm. Like you. How could I ever be ready? We don't talk about this beforehand, and then you spring it on me like some villain. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not one to say I'm a villain, but. If, the, if it fits, I'm fine with that. So, perfect. <laughs> Jake, I want you to tell me, how can everybody listen to the show on as a podcast? Oh, I can totally do this <laughs> one. Yay. I gave you an easy one this week. In honor of our new <laughs> podcast. Which I am thrilled that you gave me an easy <laughs> one, let's be honest. Um, so everybody, if you want to listen to our podcast, we are streaming on most of the major platforms. But if you want a really simple and easy way to find us, you can look at uh, Podbean and just look up the writer's block and we should pop up really quick and easy. The other thing That's what we like around here. Is, we like quick and easy. We like quick and easy. I the mean, other thing would be the simple version of just going to the writer's block here on Twitter and you'll find a bunch of links to all of the episodes that I have posted so yes. far. I mean, our first one had a pretty good number on it, right? It's got, what, 32 downloads and listens to so yeah, far? Yeah, 32 downloads, Not complaining. which I'm pretty impressed I'm with. Definitely, and I think, if correct me if I'm wrong, there's like seven episodes already. The first seven are on there. Uh, I just got number eight up there, too. Wow, so. you're catching up real quickly, real quickly. Well, I'm trying to get this out here for our audience so that they can enjoy the sultry sound of our voices, Brandon. Okay, you need to not worry like that, ever. 
ever again. Listen to you. <laughs> they also get to listen to themselves because it's a discussion. Yes, that's that's the key takeaway. It's a discussion. It's not just the two of us sitting here chit chatting because I'm sure after a while we'd all get sick and tired of hearing Jake. Rude. Rude. I know Brandon is the more fun one, and I take in the backseat as far as being the nerdy, you know, know it all oh, one. Well, but no, don't even say take the backseat because you ad- openly admitted in a couple episodes ago you're that kid that sits in the front of the class. Teacher, you didn't assign any homework. You, that's you. I'm the kid in the backseat, right? I'm the one in the back of the class. So I, don't want to hear it. All right, fine. <laughs> so, tropes. Let's let's just jump into it. How how's that sound? That sounds great. Let's do it. Okay. So, I'm assuming mostly everybody here probably knows what a trope is, but for those of you that don't, Jake, what what is a trope? So, trope just basically refers to a common idea or a pattern that happens over and over and over again. Okay. That was very, for you, that seemed very simple. I feel like you wanted to go into that further. I am totally fine keeping it simple. (laughs) I want everybody to, to make sure that they understand. And, you know, um, we have things like character tropes and plot tropes and, and, and all these different things that can be considered tropes. So we're going to leave it really basic, really simple and very wide open so that we can have an excellent discussion. I mean, discussion's always good. So can like, would a cliche and a trope be kind of similar? Are they different? Are they, what, what's, they're 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 fairly similar okay. so we can we can call it we can use that those words interchangeably for the next hour oh, okay okay now what is your favorite trope jake oh um honestly i am a big fan of like the and i know i shouldn't be but i'm a huge fan of um like in fantasy and stuff like having the chosen one um that's one of my favorites is having this this person that is you know chosen above all the other ones and they're the ones that are going to save the day and and become this hero um and and that's kind of one of my favorites i also um love the classic enemies to lovers trope that's probably that honestly by my top the uh the chosen one what about you brandon what are your favorite tropes Uh, you know i feel like trope is a fairly recent terminology so i i don't really know i guess with like an underdog, like an underdog story coming from yeah, underdog is totally okay. A then trope. I would go with that as my trope. Like I love a good underdog story. And if anybody here wants to chime in with their favorite tropes, please feel free to jump in. This again, we don't want to just hear Jake and I talking. Though th- an underdog, I think that's just I tear up every time when it's like, especially when it's a sports one. Those ones get me. 
every time. Okay, so so basically, you like um, like Rudy and um, remember the Titans and basically every single sports film that has ever yes. been made. I mean, I would say like like Disney early night early to mid nineties, their Renaissance era, where it's like the Big Green. That was probably one of my favorites for the longest time, where it's this like soccer team. Um, and they're this small country bumpkin school and they have this teacher that comes in and she's from, you know, Europe, somewhere in Europe, and she teaches them soccer and how to play it. And, and then you throw in like the Mighty Ducks and just those I loved watching when I was younger and I just, God, they just got me. I love that that's one of your favorite tropes. Yes. Uh, Kathleen, I think you were up first. Can you tell us some of your favorite tropes? Hi, Jake. Um, How's it it's going? It's going good. So good to I hear. did my homework. Yes, I knew you would. <laughs> so what I came up with under trope was uh, one of the tropes was a metaphor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so here I was reading my uh, book right before we came on air, and I found a sentence that I thought would be a good trope. Perfect. Let's okay. hear it. Yet this world full of fire and mayhem was the final proof that we had fallen through Alice's looking glass. Nothing was as it has been, and nothing was as it seemed to be. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. So I said, okay, that's my first trope. And, but then I, I thought about uh, uh, sports metaphors because I ran a marathon. So I've used um, the metaphor of a marathon. Congrats in my... on that, way, because I can't even run like around the block. Oh. <laughs> I have such bad news. I am so impressed that you ran a marathon. Thank you. For Thank that. you. I did it in Louisiana where it was really flat, if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> I I will I will take that to heart for right now because I'm gonna take whatever I can to make this seem like, you know, I could have done yeah. it too. <laughs> so I used the marathon um metaphor in my own writing. And um so uh, I was glad that this topic came up because now I'm looking for tropes. Awesome. 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 I love Very creative. it. Brian, let's go ahead and have you on. It's so good to have you back, by the way. Why, thank you, darling. Um, <clears throat> I Yes, I am back and I, I, I don't have a whole lot of time today, but that's probably a good thing because I write nonfiction and there's not a whole lot of trope in that. But oh, I guarantee you find some tropes in your work, Mr. Brian. Oh, I'm sure you well, I'm waiting I'm waiting to hear from you with, with bated breath. So well, please do follow up. Um yeah. but, however <laughs> not to call you out in front of no, please do call him out. That's perfectly fine. Brandon, well, I'm just saying I'm encouraging that kind of behavior. Wow. <laughs> Anywho, uh, my favorite trope is the exposure of a secret identity. Ooh, that's a good one. That is awesome. Right? Do you have an example for us? 
Oh, you know, it, for me, it's it's it usually manifests in the coming out story. Um, when the you know when people grow up feeling different and not understanding why they feel different, and um, you know, coming to the realization not only that they themselves are a specific kind of different, but also that there are others who are like them. Um, you know, I read this amazing X-Men comic years ago um, that about, you know, legislation to outlaw the, outlaw the mutants and the, the senator who was proposing the legislation had a son who was uh, in the closet as a mutant. Um, and, uh, you know, that had, you know, I was already out at the time. But just to think that other people were conceiving of this experience of, um, you know, a world against us, a world against, yeah. um, you know, mutants, and but but the but the fact that our enemies are often the people closest to us, um, and that, you know, that really hit home with me in terms of, yes, this is exactly what the queer experience is. This this. This mutant, this particular issue of the mutants was, uh, uh, of the X-Men was, was fantastic. Um, I probably have it up in, up in its uh, protective vinyl bag somewhere up in my in I my love library. that so much. I was going to ask you if you had it. That is awesome. It's like, it's like, the, I, I have... I collect maybe uh, two or three different comics, and and for the X Men series, I only had that one, um, but I've kept it all those years because of that. Um, but yes, um, so, but yeah, also you know the the secret identity, the the um, it happens a lot in in traditional Japanese films, uh, the Seven Samurai, where they appear to be just you know lowly beggars and then all of a sudden out come the swords and they're saving the town and um but uh but yeah that 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 idea that that we carry around these these hidden secret powers and that we are free and able to expose them at will um you know to whom we want when we want how we want um i think is a very 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 powerful trope for me as a person um, yeah. and, and it reverberates with me whenever I read it. Now, Brian, I have a question for you. I know that yes, you sir. right now are writing memoir and, and nonfiction. Yep. Is yep. there a chance that you might write some fiction in the future? Um, it's interesting because I had first thought that my next book would be uh, sort of a, a quasi spiritual quasi humorous gay self-help book however um and i already had the title picked out my my inner light is a disco ball um <laughs> right right so oh my gosh, i um, love it um however uh a good a dear friend of mine uh suggested that that given what i'm writing about right now and how i exp how i hope it will impact my readers maybe the next book should be something like uh, directed at young adults and and uh, you know middle grade um, about growing up and accepting yourself as you are, regardless of whether the adults around you accept yourself as as who you are. So I like that. I like that. 
Well, I'm going to wonder then if uh, if you're going to be using some tropes for that. Well, definitely the secret identity trope. Absolutely. Perfect. 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 Um, um, but uh, I, I'm also particularly fond of it's this very silly trope of, of the person who is only attractive when they take off their glasses for the first time. <laughs> uh, right? A total Clark Kent thing. <laughs> yeah, well, sort of, yes. Um, um, yeah, definitely Clark Kent, but but uh, yeah, Audrey Hepburn and, and is certain of her roles, and yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> that makes me so happy, Brian. I love it. <laughs> Um, let's, uh, go ahead. I'm trying to get, all right, uh, Loud, I don't know your name, but, uh, would you like to jump in here? Hi, everybody. I'm Devin from Vancouver. How are you? Good to see you. I just wanted to comment on what Brian was saying, because I think that the X-Men is so transversal. Like, it, it, it affects so many different people, whether you're gay or black, like me so many people can relate to that and I think that that's what's exciting about it is that it doesn't matter who you are if you are you are in a sense a superhero and that gives you a sense of power and I just wanted to add that because I, I love that that's where you went with with your favorite show I love it I, I love it I will because Mar- Marvel comics are my jam Jake you know that I love Marvel comics yep Stan Lee jumping on the Marvel band, right, real quick. Stan Lee, when he originally wrote the the X-Men comics, he wanted... The reason he started it was because he wanted a group of people or someone that... If you look at all the superheroes and stuff before that, they they had this origin story, right? Like, they, they are an alien from another planet or how they got their powers or something like that. And then he's like, well, what if it's a group of people that can't help being who they are? That they don't always, and that's where that X-Men kind of came along, was they don't, they don't, some of them don't even want to be like this. So that's where the X-Men storyline kind of came from. So I, that's what I think, I, and I agree, I think a lot of people can really resonate with that, was with, I have to discover who I am for me to live my happy life. So just throwing that in there. Okay. So let's let's run with that a little bit. Let's take the X Men as a trope. Oh, um, the entire X Men series can be considered a trope. Um, I believe previously it wasn't uh, really defined as such, but um, I really like the idea of the X Men itself being a trope for the underdog, like you were talking about, uh-huh. Brandon. Um, and for those people that are really trying to um, be themselves in whatever capacity they are able to be. So I think you can find tropes anywhere. So uh, I was ahead. just going to say, because there's, I know there's been a lot of like, from what I've seen, where they're saying, don't write tropes, don't write tropes. What are your opinions on that, Jake? M says she loves the unexpected hero, and I will agree with that one. I love that one as well. Um, so tropes get a little bit tricky when you're talking about writing um, because 
you're always supposed to be coming out with something new. The problem is, is that, as we've talked about before, everything has already been written. Um, the only difference is, is that you have your own specific voice and you get to choose how to make the, this old idea something new. Right. So, so, go ahead. so for me, um, like I said, I love the enemies to lovers trope. I think it's brilliant. Um, but I would have to come up with something different, some twist, some new idea on how to take that trope and turn it on its head so that instead of having a trope that works against me, I have a trope that works for me. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. So I, I think when it comes to tropes, right, they're there for a reason. I'm not saying throwing throw in as many as you can for your story, because then it's just a huge cliche of a story, right? Absolutely. But I think, yes, we do want to push ourselves as, as authors, but, and I'm going to step on my soapbox here. And Jake, I think you, you probably know where I'm about to go. And if I go too far, you just... I, I, might, I might know where you're about <laughs> And if to I go. go too far, just pull me back down, right? Okay, sounds good. I, I feel like sometimes authors tend to overwrite and because they want to avoid cliches and they want to avoid tropes and they want to avoid blah, blah, blah. Well, what that... I feel what it tends to do is it deters a lot of readers... When you can use those tropes to your advantage, if you put them strategically in your story or what have you, to where it makes it easier for the reader to comprehend it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I just feel um, like I we would... as we as authors tend to write just for other authors that are going to completely understand it, where it's like, well, not everyone's on that same level. We want to encourage them to continue to read, so we need to keep it at a... I don't want to say as simple as possible, but as at a, at a level that is easy for the commonality to understand. Correct. Yes. If that, I hope, hopefully that makes sense. And I, I've read some where it's so overwritten. You're like, I can't, I can't go on with this. Cause if, if I have to, if I don't know what something is, or I don't know what you're referencing here, that takes me out of the story. And I, it, it, it again, it takes you out of that story. Em? Hi. How are you guys? Good. How are you doing, Em? So good to hear your voice. I'm good. Um, to me, I think there are overused tropes, but I also believe readers kind of gravitate towards certain tropes. Mm. Um, I was trying to find what I'd looked up earlier. Like, uh, one of the ones that Google says is the most overused is the average person takes the crown. Well, how many people grew up feeling less than average and dreaming of, you know, one of these days either being the hero or the protector or, you know, saving their family home or whatever it is. So they kind of gravitate towards books where, you know, the average person does something remarkable. I don't think it's a bad thing to have tropes. Right. And I don't think it's something that we need to be avoiding because we can still speak to that inner child in us that says, you know, I mean, whether it be 
you want to be a hero or you want to be, you know, the knight in shining armor or you want to be the princess. I think the whole look at, I don't know how many of you have ever read Nora Roberts. Nora Roberts has made millions of dollars off of her tropes. It's the same thing. You know, book after yeah, book it's after the same thing over and over again. Yeah. You know, loses her husband. I mean, that's that's she swears to God, right. she will never fall in love again. But what happens? Right. I <laughs> mean, know? that's the Hallmark she Channel. Should... Like that's their whole thing, right? Yeah. Big city girl moves to small town I mean, country and finds love. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's Christmas movies. I mean, you have somebody come into the town. You know, he's from a big city and. You know, he's there to sell the family farm or whatever, but unexpectedly he falls in love. I mean, you know what's going right. to happen. People are drawn to those kind of things. Right. Not, I'm not particularly drawn to those kind of things, but my <laughs> husband is. Uh, <laughs> he watches every single one of those movies. It drives me crazy. But, I mean, there are people who are drawn to certain tropes. I don't think we need to try to eliminate the tropes. But like Jake was saying, maybe spice it up in our own way. It doesn't have to follow the algorithm that has been done decade after decade after decade. Mm -hmm. You know, it can have a twist in it that's unexpected. I think those kind of things are brilliant if you can come up with one. Um, but it can also be just if people are into just sweet romance, just a sweet romantic trope is okay enemies to lovers um the you know the woman gets saved by the protector or you know the cop falls in love with the criminal there's there's so many of them that i mean it's kind of hard to avoid them. right and they work for like you said they work for a reason like we know it works it's just changing the story just enough to where it works to our advantage and changes the story so it's like a little bit spicier like jake said and I mean, also, our world is changing, so it needs to kind of change to be more inclusive. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, Emma, I will totally agree with what you said. I, I think that, you know, with the population of young people who are now picking up books, they don't want to read what people were reading 20 years ago. I want to see how themselves dare you say such a thing? I'm sure you, you should you can always stick that. with the classics. And as we've talked about before, talking about classics, sometimes they don't age well, and that's okay. I'm done. Uh, yeah, there's some that are just like, no, this needs to. I'm glad I read it once. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is definitely some of those. I mean, to me, I think everybody I know loves the movie Titanic. <sighs> I hated that. Okay, movie. you can leave. What? Me too. <laughs> I hated it. I, I, I won't watch what? it. You both can leave. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, I you cannot hated that movie. Off. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, the rich little poor girl, whatever, you know, just let's jack die. You suck. Go away. I don't want to watch you again. I've never watched you again. Uh, you know, I mean, she sleeps with a freaking homeless guy and just lets him fall into the ocean. Yep. Screw you. <laughs> I love it. Hated that. Um, now, I Sorry, will Jake. say, you are just fine. I will say that um, 
like you said, M, we can't completely get rid of tropes. Like it's just it's impossible to do because is anybody still there? <laughs> yeah, can you Hello? can you hear us? <laughs> I can now. Oh. I was like, did I just alienate everybody? No. Never. <laughs> no, you would fine. never do that. I was just saying that I feel like uh, I think I alienated Jake. Oh, Jake's. Oh no, she can't Jake, hear me. she can't hear you. Oh, Jake, that's that's. Em, can you hear me now? Uh, Apparently em, not. Can you hear Jake? No. Oh well, he's <laughs> he's talking. <laughs> Jake, you. I we, can't hear a word. Jake, we always, you always have technical issues, and you're supposed to be the IT guy. I, you're our <laughs> IT guy. I am not the IT guy. <laughs> I am more like. I don't know. I am just. I am just definitely not the IT guy. Can anyone else here, Jake? I can. I hope. I hope most everybody yeah, I can, can hear me. I can hear Jake too. Perfect. Oh. I can't hear Jake. And you might try logging out, then logging back in. That tends to work sometimes. That's oh. going to be my IT advice. Okay. <laughs> Um, I will uh, I will keep going with what I was saying is that we cannot completely eliminate tropes because they're everywhere. They're in everything. Um, and that's why the Hallmark Channel has such a following um, is because people love those tropes. They they can't get enough of them. Um, you mean the Hallmark Channel me, has tropes? I never would have guessed that. I ever I tell me about ever. It. Hallmark definitely, you know, changes up their story quite frequently. Um, oh, yeah. I would love to be a writer there. Like, it's just, okay, how can we rechange this story? And what actor, what famous actor can we get? Absolutely. Because, it. you know, it's, it's like a, it's like a fill in the blank. It's, All you have to do is just, you know, plug in a few things and you've got another hit on your I hand. think sometimes, I, I want to do, a, <laughs> this is so crazy. Okay, so you know you know again cards against humanity, right? Yes. So you do that and then you have to write a story about what that the winner is. Oh, I think that's brilliant. That would be such a crazy way, right? Like oh, I think that would that be that is awesome. gonna be one crazy ass story. It's so. perfect though, because because those tropes are so repetitive, but they work for certain people. They do. And because they work for certain people there's always a market. Yes. Um, a lot of um, agents actually might have a specific area in, in romance or whatever where they are very intent on finding that specific trope because they know they can sell it over and over and over again. Like the Hallmark, the Hallmark, like the Hallmark Channel. Like the Hallmark Channel. And so I... What happens though is that we as authors really need to kind of step up our game and say, you know what, I don't want to just be a trope necessarily. I would like to use that trope and flip it on its head and make it so that we can get something new out of this story. Mm -hmm. The trope itself is not bad. We don't, that's one thing I want to make very clear. Tropes are not good or bad, they are just there. And you can use them to your advantage. You can stick with them just how they are. But what we'd like to do is is try to encourage 
writers to come up with new twists, new ways of putting forth those traditional tropes in a way that that brings uh, kind of some new, for lack of a better term, enlightenment to the uh, the book world. I like to call that reverse trope. Kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah. The the unexpected ending. I mean, Gone Girl really resonated with a lot of agents when I was doing my research. People were like, you know, I want something like Gone Girl, but let's take the couple out of the equation. You know, they want that that something that is unexpected. And Absolutely. that's really hard to pull off as a writer. I, yeah, I agree. I think finding that twist at the end is, especially with, I mean, different tropes work differently in different genres, obviously. And I think it's hard to come up with that twist ending that no one is expecting. Because I remember Gone Girl and I was like, oh my God, I was not ready for that at the end. Was just not ready. And I, I agree. I think that's extremely difficult as authors to do and to try to steer clear of the tropes in that aspect. And I mean, the first time I seen The Sixth Sense, that was the first time I'd ever watched a movie and not anticipated the ending. That one kind of freaked me out. <laughs> yes. I will, I will and agree. And people I, were saying, I knew it was going to happen. I was like, I did not see that that was going to happen. That was unexpected. I love he it. He is good at throwing a twist at the very end that you're like, wait, what? That was, again, unexpected. Um, I would like to propose another thing on here, and that's the fact that we have... So you can have tropes, the same trope in many different genres. We can have, you know, the enemies to lover trope in romance and sci-fi and fantasy and contemporary. Um, th that trope works well in all of those areas. I think the thing that is starting to throw tropes off a little bit is when we end up with genre blending. And love it. I love genre bent blending okay what's genre blending brandon so that is when you take two genres that don't always work together and this is my this is how i know of it and if i'm not 100 correct please enlighten me um and you blend them together that's i mean i, I don't know how else to explain it so an example would be uh sci-fi and western that that that's a like serenity you know firefly that's aliens and cowboys exactly like you, you blend <laughs> these two and that's how i look at it as two that you would not expect at all but then you blend them and you can blend it in a way that it works for the story absolutely uh, another example of that would be like um pride and prejudice and zombies um, you you have these strange combinations, which um, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yes, exactly. Oh my God, that was so awful! It was. <laughs> well, we're we're hoping to get some good examples too. Uh, my my current favorite. favorite. It was so funny. My current favorite is <laughs> yes. Santa Jaws. Yeah, Santa Jaws. Brandon cannot. I get can't. I Santa can't. Jaws. It brings me so much joy. Like that movie. <laughs> 
so <laughs> so bad. I love it. Like, <laughs> You'll never ever guess Brandon's favorite holiday movie. It's Santa Jaws. It's, it's Santa, Santa Jaws. Jaws. Um, <laughs> I just can't with your obsession. It's with so that. weird, but I think probably, in my opinion, one of the one of the most famous um, is Nightmare Before Christmas. Like it's a Halloween Absolutely. movie and it's a Christmas movie at the same time. Um, Great example. And it, it it works for both. It, it and it works really well for both because it has that. Uh, I guess Jack Skeleton would be. I, I mean, he would be kind of considered an underdog, but he's not. But it, I don't know. It's just those no, two I blend gonna, really I, well. They do. And I was going to ask you, Brandon, what kind of tropes do we see in The Nightmare Before Christmas? And and I agree. I think the underdog one is one. Um, I mean, it's I think it, it, it is an underdog story, but at the same time, it's not. Because in his realm for halloween town or whatever he's the king right like he he, he's not the king but like he's the most popular but then he goes into this new realm of christmas and he knows nothing about it so he has to kind of overcome and learn how to do this (coughs) excuse me but and then there's the uh uh the two lovers right they're fighting to be together yeah and 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 then you have the uh, the idea that Jack doesn't even realize that Sally is there, right. and um, we go into to more and more tropes with that as well. So um, I am really enjoying the uh, genre blending a lot as as I keep reading more and more stories, more and more books um, that are kind of taking advantage of that. Um, and I, I also feel like a lot of writers are leaning into that even more because, you know, they don't like just one genre. They like a couple different ones. And it's a way for them to put something on the page that is a little bit more true to themselves. Well, and I think with genre blending, you can really play into and lean in on those tropes because you're taking them out of what they normally are and putting them in a situation that they're not normally in. So it tells the same story, but in a different aspect. And I honestly, I feel like genre blending is going to be a genre in itself at some point. Like, this is a genre blend of blah, 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 meets blah, 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 comp titles per last week. So I see that becoming a thing, and maybe not in the near future, but at some point where it's this whole new category of books. Yeah. I can I can absolutely see that because it's anymore it's getting to the point where you can't just there are so many books out there that don't fit onto a shelf nicely right. they 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 fit in different categories different spaces and I uh, I love it I love it I think it I did. mean like my novel is an action thriller absolutely not just action and it's not just thriller Mm -hmm. you know i have an action hero in there but he's not the main character i am not gonna lie that all i can think about when you say that like that an action hero as i just pictured gi joe an action (laughs) she said action thriller and i went to like this troubled cop like He's smoking no, a cigarette, and he's got like—that's where my mind went with that. 
And I was like, way to lean in on He's, that. It's more of James Bond meets the Equalizer. Ooh, okay. Brandon, I think you would really appreciate M's work, <laughs> for real. Well, I've sent her some. She's need. I need her to appreciate my work right now. She's beta reading one of my stories, so. I'm going to start tomorrow night. No rush. I'm finishing up another one. <laughs> that, that was not uh, me trying to be passive aggressive. That was. If anything, I'm aggressive. So don't. If I'm like, hey, you're not taking, you're not doing it fast enough. I'm gonna say something. <laughs> Ask Jake. Well, Jake still holds my all-time high of a four-day read. So, which I am thrilled to hold that title because it means a lot to me coming from that's you. A good one. That's a good. That's a good read. I mean, it, most of the time it takes me a week or over, but. Uh, yeah, Jake's got a unique writing style that really kept me interested. Good. I'm really glad. Well, Jake and is I, a character uh, in, in himself, so. <laughs> well, thank you, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that, uh, um, I used a lot of tropes in that piece, the M read, like a lot of tropes. <laughs> But I think it was done in a way that brought something new to the table. And because it brought something new to the table, it worked. I mean, new stuff is always good, for sure. Oh, I'm all stuffed I'm up. Back. My allergies are killing me. Sorry. I got kicked off. I can tell your allergies are just driving They're you They're driving me crazy. <laughs> They're driving me crazy. Jake, did you warn right. Brandon about me and beta rating? Oh, I did. We've had a long discussion about it, actually. Okay. I'm not worried. In in the best way possible, he and I mean that very speak sincerely. To me again, is he? You took a week before he, you actually spoke I to still, me. Again. I speak to you. I speak to you. Come on. You, I, you, you took a week before you ever you even <laughs> said hello again. Part of that was because I felt so bad because I couldn't dive right into the edits that I wanted to. And so I was like, she finished so fast and she's going to hate me because I haven't even looked at them yet. So so really, it's because I appreciate you so much, Em. That's the reason that I was standoffish for... So, going back to tropes here. So, Jake, what are some, other than the basics, what are some other tropes people should be leaning into? Okay. We're going we're gonna to play for a minute oh. um, with a classic trope. Um, and this is one that I think everybody will get. And so it makes it um, a little a little easier to maybe understand kind of some of the ways that you can uh, turn tropes upside down and kind of get away from the standard trope model. Um, so the classic one is the butler did it. And everybody knows that it's the butler, right? That's what you say anytime somebody gets murdered. Okay. You, you sound so enthusiastic I don't know where you're going right with this, and you're going into teacher mode, so I'm interested. I'm... Oh, I can avoid teacher <laughs> mode, but I'm going to do it You anyway. can't avoid teacher mode. That's just who you are. You gotta, I know. You're at the front of the class. Okay, go so, ahead. So, 
you can take the butler is the murderer and you can just play it as a standard typical trope. The problem with doing that is that nobody is terribly <laughs> nobody is terribly surprised when you say the butler is the murderer. It just is kind of there. Um you can take a trope like the the butler did it and you can make it more um justified like giving the butler a reason not just because the butler does it um because everybody knows it's the butler but because the butler decided to get revenge because his boss didn't pay him his wages for the last five years so uh, sorry go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go on to the next one. So you just tell you just answer ask questions. Go for it. So like in real life, a trope would be <clears throat> excuse me, a common trope would be if if someone is murdered or dies or whatever, right? The go to is the spouse. For what reason? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that would be a good example of a real life trope, correct? Absolutely. And that's obviously another trope for, for the writing community as well. Um, because when you have the, the butler or the spouse or anybody who is the one that's actually doing the murdering, you end up with um, a, a, a trope that obviously we want to kind of make more interesting. Um, and so I think that let's keep moving forward and we'll get to a few more of these and you'll kind of see how we do this. Um, so Again, your teacher you mode. I know. <laughs> um, you could do an inverted trope and an inverted trope. Um, the butler is the victim. So the butler is the one who actually gets murdered or the butler's the one who solves the crime instead of the policeman um taking the butler and changing him from a victim into or changing him from from the murderer into the victim totally flops everything that we know about that trope okay so i'm trying to think of a real life example of that right so we have some context behind that. Um, Perfect. What do you got? The, the thing that comes to my mind is, now, if you've ever seen the documentary, Don't Fuck With Cats. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, it's Jake. I don't, ex I, don't, I don't imagine that you have. So the... Pre I have... I've never even heard okay. of it. So, so. it's this... The, the, and this, again, this happened. It's a docuseries on... Netflix. It's this it's this docuseries where this video comes out and this this guy he's murdering these kittens, right? Posts the video online and people try to figure out who he is, right? Cops yeah. can't do anything about it because it's an international crime. So go into worldwide search for this person from Internet Sleuths. And if you know anything about Internet Sleuths, they did like they, this is their life. They analyze everything. Well, come to find out that the person that they identify, they're contacting the, I want to say Toronto police. This person's this person in the videos. What happens is 
they always progress. Serial killers always progress. They start with animals generally, and they make their way up to humans. And they're like, he's going to kill somebody. You need to go talk to him. Well, he ends up killing a person and filming it and posting it on the internet. And then they find him, and then they bust him. And then it turns out he's like this model. But they catch him in Germany. Like, it's this crazy story and i just think of like these internet sleuths where you want to imagine that they've like caught this guy but they do right i love that and it's it the, is just the people behind it the is scenes. just nuts and they're like the number one rule on the internet is you don't fuck with cats it's an amazing story <laughs> i recommend it i love it we'll have to uh Jake, you can you, to post you that can one. handle it i'm just telling you you could not handle it well i that's I can't handle most things, uh, so that's pretty safe bet. You can't handle Jaws. Saying that you I can can't. barely handle Santa Jaws, let alone. <laughs> well, obviously, I'm going to have trouble with these other ones. Come on. <laughs> um, you can do... So, so going back, we can do subverted, uh, which means the butler is the prime suspect because everybody knows the butler did it. But then he's found innocent or he did do it but it wasn't on purpose okay does that one make sense i mean yeah but he still did it like but it was like an accident right yeah okay um do we have any it. boston legal fans on here i know what that is <laughs> have you, you've never watched boston legal I have never watched Boston Legal. If you if you like anything that makes you laugh, you would enjoy the the program. But there's a particular show in there, and I think this kind of goes into what you were saying, where um, Alan, who is one of the attorneys, is defending this woman um, who is like, what are they called? The showy wife who supposedly killed her older husband. But in the end, it's between the housekeeper and the wife. But they still left us with a question at the end because the woman who's playing the wife was Heather Locklear. She never admitted it, but she was on... She was being accused of it, but she got acquitted. But they threw off the fact that the housekeeper hated his wife. And she could have just as well done it, too. But they never actually told us who did it between the two. So that was kind of a unique combination. Yeah. No, I like that. Um, that kind of leads me into the next one, which is the double subverting, um, where you have a person like the butler that you think did it. They Somehow they get proven innocent for the time being, they come off the suspect list, and then you find out in the end that they did do it. Which I think is brilliant. Um, I just love the idea of that. Um, that sounds so complicated. And that's coming from somebody who writes time travel. That sounds complicated. Yeah, listen here. <laughs> You're just going to have to deal with it. Um, one of my favorite ways to to switch tropes around is to do a parody where like you take the butler and you they learn it like 
Butler College, and they learn how to clean and how to cook and how to murder. Oh. And those are the classes that they take. How, I mean, a Butler Murder College? That sounds interesting. Yeah, you know, I just think it's a really fun one. Well, fun is a fluid term, so I don't know if that would be fun, but that would be a story, I feel like. Okay. Um, how about an exaggerated trope? Ooh. That's more fun. What's the... Where all the butlers in the city go on a killing spree. What? Come on, that would be cool. Uh, would it? I mean, would it? That sounds like The Purge. Let's just call that one. That sounds like The Purge, where it's just like... I actually thought of iRobot. Oh. It's pretty pretty much the same thing where we take the the should be killer that we all know the but the butler did it and we say you know what we're gonna amp up the volume on this and make all the butlers be the murderers across the entire so city. would that work in a sense would that work with um what is it 2001 a space odyssey where the robot the the hal 2000 isn't <laughs> Like taking care of the humans like he's supposed to? Is that what that work? Is that what you mean by that? Um, exaggerated means we kind of blow it out of proportion. So it's kind of like um, you say, you know, um, I guess you could kind of look at it as like the Stepford Wives, where all the husbands have bound together and forced their wives to become robots. Oh. Oh no, I'm kind of thinking of a storyline of, um, you know, my way of thinking, Jake. Uh, oh yes. We have this organization of assassins, and they all become, you know, the high elite butlers, and then on, you know, one particular day, they take out all the people that they want to take out. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so let me. Here's a good one, and I think for being the geek that I am. I'm just, and Jake, I don't know if you're going to get this reference, but anybody else does, Order 66 from Star Wars. The stormtroopers are supposed to be helping, right? But then on a massive level, they they kill all the Jedi. Is was the, Would that be an exaggerated yes. one? Yes, okay. yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because you've taken I've it. I've never and, watched Star Wars. Okay, and you just need to leave. Like... <laughs> M, this is your oh, no, no, don't leave. I'm joking. Already. I'm joking. <laughs> um, we're we're quickly running out of time, like we always do. But just in case anybody that wants to speak, go ahead and just request to be a speaker. Tap that little mic in the bottom corner, and you can join in the discussion because we really do want this to be a discussion. Um, having people from the writing community helping us with talking about these subjects, like tropes. Um, let's go ahead and let's say, how about this? We need more tropes where we have fallen angels. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I love that. I mean, like, I know legend is an actual comic book, but they made a movie out of it. That was so wonderful. Um, what's the other one? Constantine. I yeah, love yeah. those kind. Um, love those fallen angel kind of you know deals where they come down to either help humanity or destroy humanity <laughs> yes um 
am just in case you haven't watched it yet, you might enjoy a show called Lucifer. Oh, I have watched it. Yes. Or okay. or Good Omens. That's a yeah. I have watched that, oh, that too. That was amazing. Yes, uh, City of Angels. That was more of a love story, but yeah, I will I'll watch about anything with a fallen angel in it. Perfect. Let's do some more tropes like that. In fact, M, I think that should be your next writing. Oh. I can't do fantasy. I've tried. It's not fantasy. It's fallen angels. You can totally do that. It doesn't involve an assassin. Like, it <laughs> could be a fallen angel. angel not it could be a fallen angel assassin meant to go kill the devil. Well, yeah. that, did you ever watch uh, Le Legends? No, I did not. It's also a comic book. I didn't know. It's it's not as popular as the Marvels, but it's a really good comic book, and it's also a good movie. Very nice. Eric, I do want to recognize you for a quick, real quick before we start wrapping things up here. What's up? Eric, so good to have you. Great to be here, and also find someone who isn't. Uh, I get, I get, uh, I get recommended all the all the channels that speak uh, Hindi. And I'm like, good for you, but I don't speak that currently. So, <laughs> which is unfortunate. You are missing out on so much. <laughs> oh yeah, especially I have a huge love for uh, Indian culture myself. So, very nice. Well, we are excited to have you on the writer's block. Yeah. I mean, Jason, if you want, it's good to see you. <laughs> Keep going, Eric. Sorry. I was going to say, if you want to go back, a great missed opportunity, in my opinion, of a exaggerated trope would be uh, the uh, third Children of the Corn movie. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So the first two are like, you know, Bumpkin Farm or whatever. Uh, uh, you know, does Stephen King's bread and butter where he basically takes religion and just. Someone misinterprets religion and goes way off the deep end of it. But what I thought they could have done is it's Urban Harvest. And this is what no horror movie has done. But it's a golden opportunity for uh, anyone who wants to do horror movie in the future. Is everyone's always, everyone's like with every horror movie, like it's always the crazy country people out in the middle of nowhere. What about in the urban setting? Isn't that the uh, Purge? In a way, the purge, but it's like, like, oh, it's never the country people going to the city, and then the city people wanting to kill all the country people. It's always the opposite. But I thought it would have been a cool missed opportunity because all it is, it's very small, small budget movie. Eric, like, I know, those little blonde-headed, creepy-eyed children still creep me out. <laughs> just, yeah, I just want to say, like, it I thought it, was really... it wasn't the storyline; it was the kids in that. Yeah, <laughs> Eric, yeah. I'm gonna need you to uh, take this trope and and write it yourself because there's nobody else that should do it but you. You came up with it. Yeah, but it's not really my uh, forte. Uh, I am not a horror horror person, but I feel like someone out there is gonna make money off it eventually. So, oh, I'm sure that's awesome. I I do yeah. love that idea. I really do love that idea. Yeah, because like. It's every horror movie or low budget horror movie ever is like you know. Oh. It's a good. I love Just that. Out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't know. I think that comes across as uh, it would be kind of like a political horror because you'd kind of have the Republicans versus the Democrats. Yeah. Well, here we are, genre blending again. 
It's brilliance. Taking these tropes and flipping them upside down all over the place. Well, that's what he did with the Joker. It's like you like they're like, oh my gosh, he's trying to make the political movement. And it's like, no, I'm just a crazy person. I'm just a crazy person. <laughs> no, I'm oh, just dear. not. Don't worry about it. I'm a writer. Like that's I'm just crazy. <laughs> I love it. Well Well, it looks like we are out of we time. We are out of time, Jake. I think we need to remind everybody where can they listen to this as a podcast? Uh, podbean.com. Okay, and then they can do it on every major platform. And they need to be following us because pretty soon we're going to be switching over to the Writer's Block. This is going to be on the Writer's Block Twitter page, correct? Yep. I will not be hosting from my own personal account. We'll be doing that from the Writer's Block. That's only a couple weeks away, I do believe. Yep. Yep. We only have a limited amount of time. What's next week's time? Oh, God. I got to look that up. Hold on. Brandon. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> You're supposed to I be know, prepared. I know. I'm horrible at this. Thank you, M, for reminding me. Give me just a second here. Brandon's in a Chinese food coma is the problem. I do love Jake, put this on your list for future shows. Creating a three-dimensional character. Ooh. Yes, please. I love that. Because that's one of the things that I love to do. Perfect. And we will have you uh, join us as a host for that one. Brandon, do you have it pulled up? Uh, yes. Yeah, so next week's topic is going to be writing for the future. Which I love. I'm so excited to chat about how publishing is going and how we can write for something bigger and better. Yes. So, all right. Well, that, I think that does about, that's about it. Yep, right. that's about it. It was so it was good nice to have to everybody join you on. Guys again. Thank, Thank you. Good. Good night. Good night. Night.